There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pots that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men, ha hired men have food to spare? And here I am, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But, uh, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the word of the Lord. Um, so um, we're going to, um, although it's Mothering Sunday, one of the things um, we're going to reflect upon is the nature of God as a parent. Um, God beyond gender. I, when I was uh, talking with the, the children at St. Peter's on Tuesday, they were shocked at the thought that God might be beyond gender and that God wasn't necessarily male. Um, a terrifying concept uh, for a lot of them, but you know, there's enough imagery in the Bible to suggest that mother-like qualities of God that need to be reflected upon as well. However, we're going to focus on that amazing love that the, uh, the father in the story of the parable of the prodigal son has. There's that part in 
the gospel reading where in our translation today we heard that the father was moved by compassion. The word in Greek is splajnitsamai, which I've, I've used with you before. It's this gut-churning concept of compassion. Um, uh, the people, the Jewish people at the time thought that love didn't come from the heart, it came from the bowels, which is an interesting thing, uh, thought. But the idea being that there was all effectively a bowel movement, but that this bowel movement of compassion, of love, has with it this added thing. It means that I cannot remain as I am because of this feeling I have, that for me, by this splajnitsamai, this compassion, I have to go and do something about it. I have to go and help that person out on the street. I have to go and, and reach out to my son who has wasted his life and bring him back into the fold. I have to, as Jesus did, uh, I have to feed these 5,000 people because you're, you are compelled by this emotion to go and do something about it. Love is not something airy-fairy. It's not something that's just there for Clinton cards to continue to make a profit. Love is there so that we go and do something about it. That is the inherent nature of the Christian faith. So we're going to explore today um, a little bit um, uh, about how we might approach the story of the parable of the prodigal son. Henry Nouwen, who is... Um, uh, Canadian uh, theolo uh, Dutch theologian um, spent some time in St. Petersburg where the Rembrandt uh, painting of the prodigal son is and he wrote a book called The Return of the Prodigal Son and I would warmly commend it to all of you to read. It is uh, a very uh, helpful book for starting to explore the nature of God's love itself. And he spent a whole day just w looking at this painting. He was so mesmerized by it and imagining himself in each of the different characters in the story and what each of those characters might bring to our understanding of God. So I'm go this today is work for you to do. I'm not preaching a sermon today. You're going to do the work uh, for uh, all together. So I want you to keep on thinking because uh, I'm going to be assigning to, to each group of you a different character. I want you to bear in mind, what are your feelings and attitudes to the other characters in the story? I want you to think about how you are feeling as that character and what do you want to happen next, okay? You all do this. Yes, okay, good, marvellous. Can we have the next slide, please? So you're all going to be one of the characters in The Prodigal Son. So I want uh, this lot here... You are the prodigal son, okay? Hooray. That's the correct response there, okay? So I want you to think about those things. How are you feeling? How are you feeling about the other characters? What do you want to happen next as the prodigal son? You lot, you are his older brother, okay? So how are you feeling about the other characters in the story? Uh, and how, uh, what, what are your feelings and what do you want to happen next, okay? All right? You lot, you are the father. Oh, you get the nice easy role, supposedly. Okay, so how are you feeling about the other characters in the story? What are your feelings? What do you want to happen next, okay, at each point of the story? And you lot, now, you've got the difficult role. Because throughout... 
the Bible, there is an argument that the Bible was written by men for men, all right? There's broadly that theory. And often the women's voices are, are kept out of it. If you look at Rembrandt's painting of the prodigal son, there is a woman which might be the mother, but she's in the shadows and she's off to the side. But there might have been a mother there. So what are her feelings? Because she's been silenced in the story. So how would a mother feel amongst all of that? So what would her feelings be to her two boys and her husband? What would her feelings be uh, in general? And, uh, and what would she want to happen next? Okay, so if we can have the next slide, please. So the first part is that part in the story where the prodigal son decides he's going to head off and he's going to leave home. So, have a little chat amongst yourselves, all of you, at that point of the story. The prodigal son is heading off, so in your twos and so on, have a little chat about your feelings and how you're feeling about the other characters. You've got a couple of minutes, all right, and then we're going to, to roll with this. So, quick chat amongst yourselves. Okay, right. Prodigal son, how are you feeling about the prospect of leaving your family home? You excited? Yeah? You glad you're getting away from them all? Yeah? Enough of family, all of that squabbling and all of that weird behaviour? Yeah? You're looking forward to it? You're excited about the future? Yes? I didn't... Vegas. Viva Las Vegas, excellent, okay, that, that's basically what you're thinking, all right, okay, fine, okay, um, we won't dwell on this lot too much more then, okay, um, th this part, um, the, the brother, how are you feeling about the fact your brother's going away? Good riddance, yeah, okay, no more of, no more of that younger brother thing that, that, that younger brothers do, you, you're pleased, yes? Unless we have to do more work. Okay. It's that marvellous Methodist lazy spirit that I love so much there. Thank you for that. That's, that, that's, that's a great joy. Okay. Right. Um, this lot, the father, how are you feeling? A big sigh there. Resigned. Okay. Um, relieved. Okay. So we've got a different attitude to the empty nest syndrome there. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, anyone else got... Oh, that's a good one. Embarrassed because you've now got to explain to your neighbours what's just happened. Proud? Okay. You've made them independent enough to leave. Interesting. Oh, okay. Maybe some... And then they come back like a bad penny. Excellent. Okay, marvellous. All right, okay. That's lovely. Okay. And mums, how would you be feeling? Worried? Okay. Scared for them? Okay. Hopeful as well. Trust that they will have, that they will have learnt from you and won't make the same mistakes that you made. And right, okay, fine. All right, okay. Um, excellent. Can we move on to the next slide then? So, he's in Vegas. Hey! Um, and he's having the time of his life. Um, so, how's the prodigal son feeling at the moment? He's feeling great. Okay, Marvin. Anything else? 
Are you worried about the finances at all? No, because the roulette wheel will always work out for you in the end, won't it? Okay, right. Actually, this lot know a bit too much about decadent living. I, 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 I'm just slightly worried there. Okay, um, this lot, um, how, how are you feeling? The, the, your brother's gone, and, he's having, and you're working hard. How, how are you feeling? Not good. You're a bit annoyed, a bit grumpy. Okay, fine. Um, Father, how are you feeling? Have you had the postcard? No. Typical, isn't it? Okay. How are you feeling? Worried? Scared? Okay. A bit, bit envious. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Um, maybe it's the fact that you're there thinking, you know, will you ever see him again? Is that part of the worry as well? Okay. And mum's worried as well. Okay, fine. All right. Okay. Recurring theme here from the mums is just a constant worry, which we might need to think about. Okay. Next slide. So the roulette wheel hasn't worked out and he's in the farmer's field looking at at the the pig feed and thinking, oh, that looks nice. How are you feeling now? Gutted. Okay. Right. Any... Depression, okay. Yeah. Okay, so a a Jewish guy having to look after pigs. The pits, okay, right, okay. Uh, This group, the, the brother, you still don't necessarily know what's happening to him, do you? So you're just carrying on nursing a grudge and so on okay and you're still working incredibly hard okay all right um father you've heard nothing worried still yes probably not quite so envious anymore okay all right um and mum's let me guess worried okay fine all right okay we'll we'll keep that in mind okay the, the next one um so he returns so, how are you as the prodigal son feeling now? You're worried, okay. And why are you worried? You've made a complete mess of everything. Do you know, I know how that feels uh, on a daily basis. Okay, anything else that... Embarrassed, okay, all right, okay. This thought, the, the brother, how are you feeling about... You've, you may be hearing rumours that your brother might be nearby. How are you feeling? Right, okay, you're worried now. Okay. There's a lot of worry in the room, isn't there? Okay, fine. Um, Father, you... this someone in the distance and looks familiar. How are you feeling? Exciting, hopeful. You're you're at that you're at that stage of you know what might. Oh, it's quite exciting. Mums, how are you feeling? Still worried. Okay, fine. <laughs> do, do you know what? I'm starting to realise it's our book being a mum, isn't it? Really. Okay, right. Um, and the homecoming. So it's finally. Yep. Prodigal son. He's been spotted. The dad's run out to him, and he's. Grabbed him. Now, in Rembrandt's painting, it's quite interesting if you really look up close, um, the, uh, the right hand looks as if it's a woman's hand, um, uh, without wanting to quote from Blackadder the third series. But, um, um, and um, it's quite odd. It's, it's like there's a, a, a... So he's holding with one hand and caressing with the other. Um, 
So, prodigal son, how are you feeling at this precise moment? Thankful, okay. Anything else? Relieved, okay. I'd still be feeling a bit embarrassed. I don't know about you. Sorry? But overwhelmed as well. Okay, yep, all right, okay. Brother, how are you feeling? Niggled. That's a good word, okay. Uh, Anything else? Cross, okay. All right, we'll we'll come back to you in a minute because you've become more of the story in the next next part. Father, how are you feeling? You've got him back in your arms. Forgiveness, okay. Thankful. Elated, okay. Relief, yeah. You've finally got him back and you know what's happening, okay. Mums, how are you feeling? The same as the dad. You're now worried about number one son, right? Okay, it's, it's worry. Okay, good, all right, okay. <laughs> right, okay. Um, so there's all those, all those emotions. And so you've got the brother who's then suddenly feeling, you know, why is it not, you know, why is all this... What he's done is he's wasted half the, half the family's money. He's potentially inhibited some of the brother's inheritance as well. And he struggles with that forgiveness. Our families, let's be honest, if there isn't forgiveness, there's not much chance for, for the family, is there, if we're really honest. Throughout all of our family lives, no one can press your buttons better than another member of your family, let's be honest. That, that moment where they can just keep pushing, pushing, pushing until, until you erupt. I've had my dad stay with me for three days. I couldn't wait to get rid of him yesterday. He, he, he drove me up the wall. Um, and it's only because he just does, he knows how to press those buttons in a way, no, apart from my sister, that no one else knows how to drive me up the wall. And I couldn't wait to deposit him back, uh, back home. Obviously, I loved having him round, obviously. Um, but, but there is that ability to upset and wind one another up. And to be honest with you, I think he couldn't wait to get away from me as well, if we're really being honest. That forgiveness, if we don't have that, then our families are never, ever going to stand a chance. But the other recurring theme is from the mums, who are often silenced and often forgotten, is that constant worry that mums do in a way that, that also, let's be honest, can be quite irritating to everyone else because you're thinking, why on earth are they worrying so much? Why on earth can't they just let me be? Why can't they let me fly the nest and go off to Vegas in a way that every sensible, civilised person wants to do? Why won't they just stop worrying? But actually, it's that constant worry, that constant love that's quietly done, that's often forgotten, often sidelined. That's why we're here today, to say thanks for that constant worry and that constant quiet love that is always given for us. So today we give thanks for that love. We give thanks for the forgiveness that has been shown to us by our families over the years. We give thanks for the dads who have that also that warm embrace, that forgiveness that they are able to offer. And most of all today, we give thanks for a God who loves us in exactly the same way as both Father 
and mother, that constant worry, that constant unfailing love. So today it is right in the heart of Lent that we give thanks for the love that surrounds us. Amen.